Hey guys, it's Jackie and Nicole. We're back with another week of storytelling, goofing off, and random shenanigans, but we're We're not not even even that that funny. Hello, everybody. Good morning, boys and girls, men and women, (laughs) old people and older people. We are back with a, another episode for the Potty Pod, and we're talking about masculinity. Since last week we talked about femininity, we decided it was only right to address the other half of the topic. And what better way to address it than to getting feedback from the male gender, himself. the man himself? Hi guys. (laughs) Okay. So yes, last week we asked you guys since you guys heard about femininity, if you guys wanted to hear about masculinity. And thankfully the sisters talked to us about it way back in April. So we're gonna be using a lot of our notes from then. So thank you to the sisters for educating us because now we are gonna share what we learned. Do that. Jackie, what are you drinking this week? Today, um, I went to a different coffee place. Um, because, well, I was originally going to go to a different one, but then I, like, told myself that if there was a parking spot in front of the one that I ended up going to, that I would just go there instead. Because the other one was, like, further, like, south, and I didn't want to drive all the way over there. I kind of wanted a coffee from there, but that'll leave for another day. So I asked the guy to make me a drink, and he made me, excuse me, a honey lavender latte with coconut milk. And I just want to preface by saying that I don't really like lavender. And Neither do I. Guys, That's why I was like so shocked that you got yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And as you guys already know, I am a almond milk kind of a gal. So, yeah. So, here's my drink. The ice is kind of melted, but you can kind of hear it. <laughs> and there we go. I'm really scared. This little slippery. You guys can see her face right now. It's like, it's not the worst drink ever. Like, I'll definitely drink it, like, finish it. I just, I don't think I would personally go back and order again. Um... And it kind of, it's kind of refreshing. Like, it's not like coffee where, like, you, like, feel like, ugh, after you drink it. Well, it's still coffee. But, like, I think because of the lavender and because of the coconut milk, it feels kind of, like, refreshing at the same time. So, it's good. It's good. I, it's okay. What about you guys? What do you have to drink? I got a white chocolate cold brew, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
Oh, that's actually pretty good. <clears throat> and I also got a drink from, it's like a little shop that I've been going to, and it's a wake-up latte, so I really don't know what's in it, but Ooh. it should be fun. Hmm. It's good. I can't tell what it is. Jacob, what do you think is in that drink? Like, I know the flavor, but I don't know what it is. Caramel? Maybe. Maybe it's caramel. Yours is way too sweet. Way too sweet? Mm, maybe that's why I liked it a lot. <laughs> I feel like mine kind of tastes like... Like a Bath and Body Works. Made a coffee. That'd be it. Did BBW release a coffee? Just, just say Bath and Body Works. I can say BBW if I want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like it tastes really good right away, but then the aftertaste, it like you can really taste the lavender, and I'm like not here for it. Hopefully next next week we'll get a a win on our end. <laughs> yeah. Next week will be different. Okay. okay. Funnies and not so funnies. Let's do it. Um, per usual, guest goes first. Jacob, what are your funnies and not so funnies? But let's start off with the not so funnies so we can end on a good note. So my not so funny would be. Um, was it fourth? No, it was July fourth. So the day before Fourth of July, we went over to my aunt's house, and they were like, "Oh, bring your swimming trunks." I was like, "And water balloons and water guns, whatever you have." And I was like, first of all, we don't have anything because I don't want to get wet. I don't know. I'm just the type of person that doesn't want to get wet at parties or just family gatherings. So that's just enough for me. So, um. I go and they're like, come outside, come outside. She was knocking on the window like really repetitively. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go out there, but like, I'm going to stand behind all, I'm going to stand behind my grandma, my mom, and my thief yeah. so they won't get get them wet. And that didn't work because I walked, they started, see, they saw me, they started throwing um, water at me, but they sucked. So they missed me like, like four, like three or four times. And, um, and I don't know what I did or what happened, but as soon as I like, like I don't know if I, don't know if I juked or what, but like I stepped and like my knee like just like popped or I don't know I don't know how to explain it, but it just didn't feel good. The way I slept, I had my knee on their armrest and it was bending my knee like the opposite way, and so it just made it worse. So now so. he is our staple grandpa with. His knees already, <laughs> like when we're at mass, he'll kneel and be like, oh, my knee. I'm like, you're such an old man. So, so, yeah, <laughs> what's your funny then? Oh, my funny? So it's a joke. So I don't know. So we'll see. Let's see. Gosh. Um, <laughs> it was like. You know who it is? Oh, how did it go? Oh, I don't even know how it goes. No. Oh, wait, yeah, I do. No, I know, 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 I know. What is it? It's, um, you know the man who invented the knock-knock joke? He, 
he won the Nobel Peace Prize or Nobel Prize. Oh. <laughs> Jackie doesn't look very impressed. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Miss Nicole? Um, okay. So my not so funny. My not so, it's like not like like it's not gonna use giggle, I don't think. But yeah. My not so funny self. I told you guys, I think I told you guys that I'm helping on the core team to like start up this new youth group at my home parish. And it's like a whole process and stuff. Um for that group I am one of the outreach coordinators. So pretty much we're in charge of mass announcement announcements, making flyers that kind of stuff and then I'm in, charge, I'm in charge of the social media end so I was like you know what I'm gonna go take pictures of the church and I'm gonna make them look really nice so that I can post them you know trying to be proactive and stuff and I come back to my house and I'm getting all my computer and all that but for some reason the past like two or three times I've used my camera I cannot for the life of me figure out how to get my cameras from my camera my cameras from my camera my pictures wow. from my camera <laughs> like nothing's working usually I used to post it as like a like a private album on Facebook and then I would post it and then I would just download it on my phone that's not working Google photos and that's not working or I'll email it to myself put it on Google Drive none of that's working so all those pictures I took I oh, can't no. use right now and I have to post my I have to have posts by tomorrow so that's my not so funny. It's just a big inconvenience that I'll have to figure out. Did you email them to yeah. yourself? They're too big of a file, or they'll take like a no. hundred years. Because I don't know what's wrong with my camera. Like I don't know how people get pictures from their cameras off their computers onto like a cell phone. So because I don't have a MacBook, so yeah. I can't just like drop them or anything like that. So that's my current inconvenience in life um but my funny so my oldest brother just moved to Tempe so he just moved like this like got here on Friday so my parents were like let's go visit him so we drove and we went to go see him and then we, we brought Jacob with us because my parents wanted in my so we went we've got a hotel room because we were staying two nights and that meant that Jacob was going to sleep in a bed with my dad, and I was going to sleep in a bed with my mom. And <laughs> it was all fine. Jacob and my dad were fine. They were by the air conditioning because they're the two that always get hot, so they were going to be cold during the night, which is perfect. My mom and I are the ones that get cold, so we were going to be on the hot side of the room. Perfect. Everything was fine. We go to sleep nice and dandy. Our eyes are closed. And then it's like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, and we were planning on sleeping in. Um, my dad goes and uses the bathroom and then I'm awakened to someone climbing into our bed in the middle of the bed. No. And my father decided that he wanted to sleep next to his wife because he missed his wife, air quotes, air quotes. He said he missed his wife and he was laying there and then my mom said you're on the blanket. So cause she like wasn't, cause she was trying to sleep. She was like, I don't care if you're there. Just like you're on the blanket so he rolls over on top of me where no. I literally have I'm not even kidding like maybe this much of the bed 
to myself. So That's I, like, how I feel when I Nicole like, comes over. Stop. You're the one I always wake up and you're on top of me. Anyway. No. <laughs> so my, like, I was, like, sitting on my side and my, like, whole knee was hanging off the bed. And it was just an ordeal. And then we were like, why did you decide to sleep on our bed? He's like, well, I missed my wife. I'm like, why did you really want to sleep on this bed? And he's like, Jacob was taking the cover, blah, 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 blah. And then he kept changing his story over and over. And yeah, my mom and I got a good kick out of it. The next night was fine. He stayed on his bed. We had our bed. We were fine and dandy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Jackie, what about you? What are your funnies and not so funnies? Okay. So, of course, we're going to start with the not-so-funny. And my not-so-funny is that yesterday we went to Six Flags as a um, group. There was four of us that went. It was Catherine, Marink, and Ethan, and myself. And I haven't been to Six Flags in many, many years. I think since maybe eighth grade. So, it's been a, it's been a while. And so, I don't remember any of the rides that are there. And it was my first time riding the majority of the rides. And Nicole can probably advocate for this. Advocate? Advocate? Um, whatever that advocate is. Or advocate. She can advocate for this. That when we went to Knott's, me going on the Supreme Scream ride was kind of uh, an experience, to say the <laughs> least. And so yesterday at Six Flags, we went on a ride that was very similar to that one and it was called Lex Luthor's Drop of Doom. Oh my god. No way. <laughs> I love that one. It was Cole's one, I know. No way. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Um so Jacob might sound very excited about it, but me on the other hand, I was not excited for it at all. And at first I was like, okay, like it's fine, like we're all going to go on this ride together. Like, it's totally cool. Whatever. So we we had the flash pass for the whole entire day. So we would just, like, click whatever ride we wanted. And then we would go on that ride. And so we did the flash pass for the ride. And then we got in line. And I started to watch the ride go up and then drop. And then do oh, it over bro. and over again. And I started oh. getting very, very nervous. And I was like, I've never been on this ride. And then Marino kept saying that it's so tall that when you're at the very top, you can feel it swaying. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, you're kidding me. And then I, I kept thinking of Nicole and I going to Knott's together. And I was like, I did not like going on that ride at Knott's. And I genuinely don't think I'm going to like going on it at Six Flags. Because it gets to the top. And let's say that this is, like, a part of the ride. And... This, like, is the ride. So we're all sitting right here, and this is the ride, and it's going up. And then it releases. This thing releases the people, and it just drops straight down. And, like, oh, gosh. So my not-so-funny, anyway, is that I really, really knew after going on that ride that rides like that, the drop ones, were not for me. Because we were about to get, like, we're about to get to go on the ride, and one of the other people in our party, I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to expose them. But right before we got on, they had told me that they were also getting really nervous to go on too. 
And I was like, okay, good. Like, I'm not the only one. So that was, like, really reassuring. And then we sat down on the ride, and it was Ethan, me, Catherine, then Marino, and, like, our order. And so we started going up. Like, as soon as they started, like, buckling us in, I was like, oh, no. Like, this is not going to go well. Like, I'm really, really nervous. I don't know. Like, I don't want to go on it anymore. And I kept telling Catherine, I was like, I don't want to go on anymore. Like, I don't want to go on. I don't want to go on. And then she's like, you're fine. Like, whatever. And, like, everybody was laughing at me. And I was like, I don't want to go on anymore. And then, like, as soon as the ride started, like, it took off. So it started going up the, like, freaking tall thing. And oh my gosh like I genuinely like as soon as we started going up like my eyes were closed and I did not open my eyes until we were at the very bottom again and I was so scared Nicole like I I started crying like a little bit like I didn't like start crying crying but like my eyes were watering and I was like I want to get off so bad and then Catherine finally realized that like I wasn't kidding Cause at first they all thought that I was just joking and I was like, I don't want to get on the ride whatever. But once we got to the top, I was like, no, 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 no. Like I can't do this. Like I want to get off so bad. And obviously the only way to get off is to like be done with the <laughs> ride. To go but, down. Yeah. But I was so done and I started getting so, so anxious. And then Catherine held on to my hand the whole way down and like her poor hand had like marks on it from how hard I was holding on to her hand. And Oh my gosh! Just thinking about it right now, like makes my hands sweat so bad. Oh, but... <laughs> not for me. Just thinking about it is getting me so excited. That one, I <laughs> love that one so much. And so, so we finally are... got Christian. You are Christian. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dude, like I was done. We got to the bottom, and I was like. I never want to go on that ride again. Like, you guys, like, I need a break. Like, I'm done. Like, I kind of just, like, I need to sit down for, like, five minutes before we go on another ride. I was so scared. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, And then, like, that was it. But, like, I could not feel my legs after we got off the ride. My hands were shaking for, like, five minutes afterwards. I, like, could not do it. I was the biggest chicken ever. And at the end of the night, they wanted to go on it again. And I said oh, yes. Yeah. But by the time we got to the ride, it was closed. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, God was on my side. Like, that one, but... that one, the Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor Drop of Doom is attached to the Superman one. So they're literally on the same one. But when you go up there, you could literally, the whole, the ride, the thing that you sit on sways back and forth. Yeah. Not the whole ride, just the thing that you're on just sways back and forth. And you can see, and it's really high up, too. So it's so sick. It's 400 oh feet. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. Lucky. And... Okay, my funny is a freaking other story time. And just like every other week, it's probably going to be uh, you had to be there kind of a thing. But I'm going to share it anyway because I thought it was so funny. Um, so this last week, um, Catherine and I made a new friend and she came to Holy Hour with us at the Abbey. And for anyone that I... Huh? To the Abbey, right? Yeah. I mean, if people really want to know, they can just look on my Instagram. But... (laughs) um, So we went to Holy Hour at the Abbey and our friend, it was her first time ever going to the new Abbey because she used to go before they redid it. But um, she was very excited. And for anyone that I've taken to the Abbey and 
has been there for the very first time, you know that <sighs> my coffee almost spilled. <laughs> um, I'm leaving anyway. that one in. Anyway, um, um, anyone that's ever been there for the first time, we like to have people walk in through the middle doors so you can get, like, the full, like, experience right away as soon as you walk in. And so we were like, okay, um, we're going to walk into the middle, like, the middle doors so you can see the whole church as soon as you walk in. And then, like, Catherine and I were standing on each door and we were going to open the door for her and she was just going to walk in and so we're like okay like are you excited it's gonna be so beautiful like you have no idea like get ready like we're so excited to see your reaction whatever and so Catherine and I have our hands on the doors and we're ready to like open the doors for her and we start pulling on the doors and the doors are locked and we were like, are you serious right now? So we started pulling on the door more. And then we turned to our left. And one of the seminarians was standing there at the door. And he was like, oh, hey, like, you guys have to use this door instead. Like, whatever. And we were so embarrassed. And we always, like, joke around when people go there for the first time. We're like, oh, you can tell, like, who's there for the first time. Like, whatever. We're like, oh my gosh, like he's gonna think that like that was our first time going to the Abbey. Like, not that it even matters, but we're like, oh my gosh, like he's gonna know that he's gonna think that it was our first time, whatever. And so he like held the door open for us and everything as we were walking in, and like we were walking into a silent church and we're all trying not to laugh. And it was this whole ordeal, and we we're like, oh my gosh, like that's so embarrassing, whatever. And that seminarian, he's always like laughing up a storm during holy hour. So like we we're kind of glad that it was him because like He's like, he seems like he's really funny. So we're like, okay, like whatever, like it's fine. And then the rest of the holy hour, like he kept looking over at us and we we're like, and then it was just really awkward, but funny at the same time. And we always like see him when we go to holy hour and he's always, always, always laughing. Um, And we're always like, we just want to know like what's so funny, whatever. And yeah, it was this whole ordeal. And, um, I think I might've shared last week, maybe about my stomach making a lot of noise whenever we're at church. No. No. (laughs) Okay. So last week too, the same day. So first the freaking door happens and then we're sitting in holy hour and Catherine and I decided that having coffee before holy hour was going to be the best idea in the whole world. And we got small coffees from Duncan. But we were like, okay, like, we're going to go inside the church, so we need to finish our coffee, because if not, it's going to, like, be warm by the time we get back. And, oh, my gosh. Like, the holy hour is silent, and the whole holy hour, like, every five minutes, my stomach started making noise, and then Catherine's stomach started making noise, too. And she leans over to me, and she's like, I think our stomachs are trying to talk to each other. (laughs) And I was like, oh, heck no. But... Yeah, so the whole experience, like, we take our new friend to the Abbey for the first time, and she gets traumatized. <laughs> that was a good one. That wasn't a, you had to be there. That was a good one. Okay, thank you. you. Thank you, thank you. I started writing them down so that as soon as it happened, I was like, okay, I need to talk about this. The first one was X2, and my first time writing it, I had my eyes open the entire time, and at one point, there's, like, flames coming at you. There is... 
But it's like far away. But there's flames. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's flames. I think when you come back, when you go when you go back on the very start and then you come back around, if you open your eyes, there's flames that come at you. Cause I remember because my cousin was like, bro, we were on the ride and I closed my eyes and I feel like there was heat coming at me. I was like, bro, because there was a flamethrower throwing flames. He's like, no way. I was like, yeah, I'm being serious. There is 100%. How lying. is any of it? So the ride sways on the top. There's another <laughs> one that literally shoots. How is this a lot? Like, obviously, the flamethrower is pretty far away. It's like really far away. So there's no chance of you catching on fire. I do not I remember that. Maybe they took it away. Maybe, I don't know. Or maybe you just didn't have your eyes open the entire ride. No, I did. It was so scary. You did? Oh. Yeah. Well, because cause when you come back around and you look up and it's at like the... I don't know. It's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But it's like high, kind of high up. But yeah. Okay. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. So, as Nicole has already shared... This week, we're going to be touching on the topic of authentic masculinity and what that is supposed to look like and what it was intended to look like from the beginning. Yes, ma'am. So as we dive into this topic, we know we are women, so we are not personally people that practice authentic masculinity. And we wanted to hear from our gentlemen in our life so jockey did the pleasure of texting some of our close male friends and got their input on what they think masculinity is so we're going to read off of what they said and then we'll jump right in this first one says to me one aspect of authentic masculinity is to be self-aware of where you are spiritually and emotionally to know where you stand in your own relationship to Christ before you allow yourself to be in a relationship with a girl. How can I pour into a relationship when I can only have enough to barely fill myself up? Christ must be the center and the front of everything a man does. Only with the overflow of Christ can I actually pour into a relationship and effectively lead a woman within our relationship. Another aspect would be to be true to yourself and not the cheesy worldly way. What this means is to not be a man of the world. To be a man does not mean to seek out approval of all by being the loudest in the room or to be angry or grumpy. Do all to seek the approval of Christ, not man. The Beatitudes are a great guide to do this. I think second input from a man a man is meant to be powerful but not by the standards of the world that preaches power that must be taken or imposed but by a power that is given by faith knowing that the one whom created the heavens is with you saint joseph didn't stand a chance against the powerful forces that wanted to kill jesus but although he was small in comparison to herod and could provide little to the Holy Family. He stood strong in faith, and by the power of God, he kept Mary and Jesus safe as well and well. Therefore, a godly man does not fear humiliation, rather seeks to brag about his weaknesses, for when he is weak, he is strong. A man knows how to humbly lay down his life in lowly service of others like Christ washed the feet of his disciples. 
At the same time, have the humility to allow others to serve you and wash your dirty feet, although it's uncomfortable. In parentheses, it was uncomfortable for the disciples too. A man is gentle and loving because the all-powerful God is gentle and loving, loving to the point of pursuing the good of the others. Like a loving friend is not afraid of having a hard conversation and runs the risk of being despised and mistreated because of it. Lastly, a man must be prayerful and must have an unshakable faith and hope. For although the standards are impossibly high, we are children of a God of the impossible, and the impossible is our birthright. Okay, and then we have two more for you guys. And this one says, the most authentic role models for men are Jesus, obviously, and St. Joseph. A quality of an authentic man is self-sacrifice, putting others before themselves as both Jesus and St. Joseph did. Courage and leadership are needed too. Men are entrusted to protect their family, so when they need to have a backbone and faith, and then this is our last quote from our manly friends. <laughs> it says, authentic masculinity looks like to me is being a good man with good faith and a good provider. By being a good man, you lead by example and show other men and women what it's like to be a leader out of total love and when maybe out of fear of their safety and some examples you show that you are not afraid to look out for others first even way before you look out for yourself some examples within the bible is in ephesians 5 25 to 27 and it reads husbands love your wives even as christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. This act of selflessness shows that to be a good man, you have to be willing to give up your life for someone you love as a true authentic man provides for a family. We love to hear it. Honestly, there was a lot of really good things in like all of them, honestly, all of them touched on really good things. Um, but for the sake of time, we're not going to do each message individually because a lot of them do touch on the same things. So instead, we're going to focus on seven things. Okay. So the first thing is, the first P is pursues. We're all called to pursue holiness. That's a given. So it's not one of those, like, like if you're a girl, like, oh, I don't have to pursue. I'm not a man. No, we all have to pursue and we have to pursue Christ, pursue a life of holiness. But men are called into a deep, even deeper pursuit. And that is laying down one's life for their bride. They are the men. The men are called to, uh, both of us again, but in a special way, men are called to give everything. Um, if you look in, I believe actually it was part of one of our messages from the guys, is man is to leave his mother and father to go with his his wife he is to give up all of that and pursue where she is he's going to her 
he is meeting her needs. And we can see this in a very common way of life where guys go and pick up the girl for their date. Guys are the ones that, I mean, both have to show up, but guys are the ones that show up and typically initiate at first. They are the initiators, and that really is a gift from God. Yeah, and as Nicole was saying, um, the biggest thing that we see this, too, is how Jesus pursues the church. And, like, that's the biggest example we can truly look up to is how, like, Jesus literally laid down his life for the church and in that same way a man is also called to lay down his whole life and that can look very different in so many different ways um but to lay down his own life and his own needs and wants to die to himself and pursue his bride better yes it's that pursuit that really is it's an initiator. That pursuit is the start of whatever can lead from there. So that's like a starter. The next P is prayerful. Um, to look at this is spiritually, the male is supposed to lead their family to heaven. Um, and what's really sad is a lot of the times we see that it's actually become a woman's role. It's a lot of the times the woman brings their child or their children with them to mass and then the father's not there. Um, but it's originally supposed to be the male. The male is supposed to guide, is supposed to strengthen, and is supposed to be that person for the family. Um, and that's can even be prayerfully if you look at it in the church. The church, the males are the ones that lead us spiritually. They are the priests, the, the deacons, the bishops, they are the ones that, because of their prayer, it helps guide the rest of us. And not that we can't have our, like, as women we, or children, we can't have our own spiritual life. We should have that. But the men are the model for that. Um, we see it in St. Joseph with Jesus. Obviously, Jesus was going to have his own spiritual life. But Joseph is the one that taught him, the one that brought him to the temple for all the different feasts and things like that. He was the spiritual leader. And also just being prayerful in daily life is a great way to help strengthen a bond, a family, anything of that sort. Prayer, Jacob, do you have any, because you are a man. I am not a man. Um, I'm very thankful I'm not a man. (laughs) Do you have any personal encounters or stories about how a man should be prayerful for his family? Um, so my dad, oh, how you said the men are supposed to initiate the faith. That's correct. That's correct. That's what you said. Yes. Okay. Um, that's how my dad, like we would, I grew up Catholic and we would always go to mass. Um, I want to say for a good majority of my life growing up, but it wasn't until like, I want to say like late, like fifth, sixth grade that we stopped going to mass and start of middle school. And so we stopped going for a while. And um, then my dad got in a really bad car accident. He was in a coma. I think it was like two days. 
and we were just wasn't thinking he was gonna pull through but like he finally woke up and then he said he he had this like really profound experience that he met Jesus or yeah he met Jesus and Jesus was like the only way you can go back to earth is if you take your family to church like lead them back to the church so like when he finally got out of the hospital and was like back on his feet he he told us that he wanted to go, us to go back to church. So literally when we went back to six o'clock mass, they announced that they were having a Canaanite, which is the youth group that I'm a part of here in, here in where I'm from. And, um, <laughs> and so from then on, just as we've been involved. So it was my mom, initially it was my mom, my dad that would help. And then me and Jonathan would go to our youth group and then, my dad just fell off, but I mean, ever since, ever since I can I can remember that me and my dad or my, me and my family have been helping and going to mass and going to youth group. So, I mean, it was my dad who initiated it. So, I mean, I guess that's, that is true on that part. On that part. To touch lastly on prayer and how a man can be prayerful. Um, of course, one of the biggest examples that we can ever talk about is St. Joseph. And we'll continue to bring him back into the conversation um, throughout the whole entire podcast episode. But St. Joseph is the biggest role model for men of what it looks like to be authentically masculine in so many ways that we'll also touch on later. But just for right now, um, with the man being prayerful, um, it's so beautiful to look and see of how Jesus was brought up. And um, Nicole brought this up later about how um, Joseph was the one that took Jesus to the temple and that's why Jesus was there. And, um, St. Joseph made it known to Jesus that he was in his father's house and by father, it's talking about his heavenly father and all the ways in which Joseph learned to pray or sorry, not Joseph pause <laughs> the ways in which Jesus learned to pray is from St. Joseph and, a lot of the ways that Jesus was in prayer came directly from St. Joseph. And another thing that we wanted to mention was bringing in Psalm 1 as being the psalm for men to look up to and the psalm that best um, exemplify St. Joseph and also another amazing saint um being john paul the second um so so this is psalm one blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners nor sit in company with scoffers rather the law of the lord is his joy and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted near streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaves never wither. Whatever he does prospers. But not so are the wicked, not so. They are like chaff driven by the wind. Therefore, the wicked will not arise at the judgment, nor will sinners in the assembly of the just, because the Lord knows the way of the just, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. That one we were shared with when we went on pilgrimage, and it was 
given to us as pretty much a ref- reflecting on who and how St. Joseph and JP2 were in life. And those two are very much very good examples of masculinity. So that one we just really thought was a good part of the Bible to share with you guys. So the next P that we have is present. And the first thing to say is that showing up is always step number one. Showing up, being there is step one in it all. Um, Love is present. By being there, whether you know what you're doing or not, by just being there and giving your all, you're already displaying how much love you have for what it is that you're doing. Um, we can see the being present in the two, in two men in the Bible. You have Adam and Joseph. So when Eve was in the garden and she was tempted, Adam was not there with her. Adam was gone. And he, so not saying that it was all Adam's fault that Eve fell into temptation, but he wasn't there. Meanwhile, in another part of the Bible, we see St. Joseph. And St. Joseph was with Mary through it all. He, was there times where he thought maybe he should silently divorce her? Yes, but he was still there. He was there with her through her pregnancy. He was there and he could have easily left, but he was there. And that is masculinity right there. That is him being present and showing up. Um, being a man is a daily choice. Every day you can wake up, and the same thing for women, for being a true woman. Every day you wake up and you can choose, and multiple times throughout the day, you can choose whether you're going to be there or not. If you're going to choose to act in a way that you know will glorify God in the best way. So just that act of presence and saying yes each day and it's also kind of a little motivating because you know even if you failed yesterday you still have the rest of today and tomorrow to choose to show up yeah and I feel like just that virtue itself is so lacking or it's lack uh, whatever it's not shown a lot And it's not very prevalent anymore in today's world of, like, the man being present. Um, And just, like, the way that the world is today. And it's very, very much missing from the family aspect in so many ways. And it has affected society as a whole with the man, like, not being there and being there to lead his family. Um, And I think another thing, too, to, like, add that is, like, being present and being attentive and putting your whole focus on that one thing that you are being present for is a very big thing because it's it's kind of like uh, an example I guess I'll give is like the mass and like you can be present at the mass without being prayerful through the mass or you can be present at the mass and be like in a whole different world Um, so with being present, being very, um, aware of where your focus is at and whether you're focusing on what it is that you're being present for, or you're being focused in on something that you need to be present for in the future or not at all. 
yeah, I think that that's really good. The, the intention behind it as well is can really push it forward a lot more. But so our fourth P is providers. Um, being a provider is one of those. Oh, it's so twisted in modern society because when men are, they try to take that initiative and be the provider. Sometimes they're honestly demolished. They're like, Oh my gosh, how could you think that like a woman can't be a provider, blah, 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 blah. But like being a provider is so much more than that. Being a provider, it's giving the whole self to someone providing all that you can, um, providing of time, providing of your heart, providing of your talents, your gifts, all of that is included in being a provider. Um, I think a provider, it automatically, like, like, my thought anyway, like, automatically goes to, like, financial, you know? Yeah. Of, like, a man providing for his family. But then, like, I feel like... I see it, too. Yeah. But I feel like there's more to it than that. Yeah. I think... Okay. Okay, I think I have a thought that I can say. So, or do you want to say that? Actually, I'll leave it in. Um, another thing that can add on to, like, because like we just said, like, provider, the first instinct is, like, financially. Um, but when you look at when a male or a male man goes off to work and works for his family, there's so much more than just money that he's bringing. It brings, he's providing her his wife with a sense of security he's providing for a roof over the family he's providing for a life that can be giving of so much more from just that one act of complete of yeah of complete gift of self by working because work is not something that is easy um but yet a man still steps up to the plate and says I'll do it I think that's a really big thing of saying that you'll do it showing up and giving and really um I guess following through providing I honestly I feel like all of us are at a loss of words because like we know what it is but there's just so much to it it's kind of that hiddenness in a man that's just like there yeah because I mean growing up my dad provided so much for us I mean like you said, the hiddenness. I can't imagine what stuff that he had to hide from us just for him to provide food, clothes, and, like, just stuff for us to live comfortably. And, I mean, we've, I would say it, we've lived not too comfortable, but enough to get by. And I can't imagine my dad, um, what he had to give up, stuff, how much he had to sacrifice. And, I mean, he's always told me, like, like, some stuff, like, oh, you know, we've gone through this and that. And just, like, what other stuff. I can't imagine what other stuff that he must have hit from me and my brother just for us to not worry about it. Because, I mean, growing up, me, I've always worried about that. But my dad just tells us not to worry about it. So I can't imagine, like, what he had to hide from us just so us we can, I don't know, not worry about it. Because I'm, like, I don't know. But just, yeah, just the hiddenness of a of, of man because... I mean, he, they probably do have to do that so then their kids could provide. So they could, he could provide for their kids. And, I mean, it's just, I can't imagine what what he had to go through just for us to be comfortable and 
to not worry about that stuff. So, I mean, that's just, that just speaks on a whole other level for me personally. But like, like how you guys said, working is giving oneself completely to your family and however big that family is, that's giving yourself to however many people are in your family. That's how I see it. Yeah, I feel like in my own life, too, like, both of my parents work, but my dad is, like, the sole provider of our family. Like, he's who provides, like, the most financially to our family. And, like, I just, like, think of how he, like, still to this day, like, he will take all the hours he can get um, just so that he can, like, do the most and, like, have us live in the house that we live in and, like, live where we live. And, like, um, like my parents have my, – my dad has made it financially available for all of us to have a lot of things that – I honestly say, like, not a lot of people have, like, the privilege of getting just because my dad would sacrifice enough to be able to give my family that and like um it's like mind-blowing in a lot of ways and like I love what Jacob was saying about how like um men are so hidden in this way too and like it is such a trait to have of being hidden in that way of like men oftentimes don't even get enough credit for like everything that they're doing and like fathers especially are not getting enough credit for like the way that they are providing for their families in ways that might not even be financially and like it's just got like it gets what's the saying like it gets swept under the rug um and like they don't get enough acknowledgement of like how much they are doing to give their families like the life that like they deserve truly um yeah I think a word that a lot of us have been bringing up sacrifice so I feel like provider and sacrifice can go hand in hand because being a provider, there's so much that a man has to sacrifice, but is willing to do that. And that's what makes them a man from it. That sacrifice and all that they are giving up. Cause like, there's so like how we've all been saying, like there's so much that we can gain from a man's sacrifice, a man's sacrifice to provide. And it's like more than just what money does. It's like, our whole lives. Yeah. Okay. So now we're on number five with protectors. <laughs> um, protectors. There is so much in this world that is not perfect. There's so much in the world out there that can draw us in into a life that we don't want to live and men are called to take on that role as protectors. And you can see this way, way, way back in like kind of caveman times where men were the hunters and protectors and women were at home. They were the, what's it called? Like when you're getting like the berries and stuff. Gatherers. Yeah, the gatherers. Hunt, hunting and gathering. Yeah. So we, we need someone in the unit of a family uh, to look out for the others. And that kind of also goes back to how we were talking about the present of like Adam and Joseph. We need someone to look out for us, to guide us in a way and protect us from things that can harm us. Um, 
both physically, spiritually, anything like that. Um, and that protection comes in a form of a lot of humility as well. Um, cause a man can be a protector in two different ways. He can be like, yeah, I do this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. But it's not, that, that strips it all of what it was. Like the humility has to also be attached with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's your impression of a guy. Um, <laughs> like that humility along with it. Um, yeah. Like, again, we, we keep going back to St. Joseph, but Joseph is the one that in the middle of the night said we need to leave. We need to flee to somewhere else and keep Jesus and Mary safe. He's the one that did that. He's the one twice, right? He woke up from a dream twice and they had to leave. Because they went, I think so. I think it was twice. But he was the one that ensured that they were safe. And if he had not acted as a true man and practiced that protector sense of himself, a lot of things would have changed for us. Um, I think another example too, that is very, very um, beautiful too from St. Joseph is when he found out about Our Lady um, being pregnant with Jesus um, and how like in that time, if a woman was caught um in the act of adultery, which Our Lady wasn't, but, like, it could have blown up into a scandal, and, like, the scandal and the rumor could have been that she was, like, an adulterer, um, and I don't want to call her that for a second, because that is very demeaning, um, and very wrong, but, um, like, had Joseph not protected her in that moment, and, like, even in the midst of it all, like at the end of it, he did choose to stay with Our Lady and choose to protect Our Lady and Jesus. But before all of that, he was going to, in scripture, it says that he was going to divorce her quietly so that nobody knew what was going on. Because um, like between like a husband and a wife, um, or they were betrothed, so it's a whole different thing. But um <laughs> Um, like between a husband and a wife, if a wife would have been caught cheating on her husband, she would have been stoned to death. And with that, had that happened to our lady, not only would she have been stoned to death, but that also would have resulted in the death of Jesus as well. Um, but Joseph was going to make the decision to divorce our lady quietly. Um, so she wasn't caught in this whole scandalous act. Um, and he chose to protect her even in that moment of like, he could have not been with her at all anymore. And he still chose to protect her and her dignity um, through all of that. And there's a quote by JP2. Um, and it talks about how it is the duty of man to uphold the dignity of every woman. And I feel like we can see that very, very evidently in um, St. Joseph and him protecting the dignity of Our Lady, even when he could have chose not to. Do you have anything to add on? Um, Protection? No. Not me. Thankfully. Thank God. God, or we weren't placed in a sketch neighborhood, but I mean, <laughs> no, nothing. How you said this world is, I don't know, not, 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 not good at all. But thankfully, we're, we weren't put in a, 
in a situation like that to where my dad had to protect us from anything like that. And, yeah. I was just thinking about it. You were talking about like the world or whatever. A good way to practice this, gentlemen, is when you're walking on the road with a woman, a little tipperoo in case no one told you guys, you walk on the side of traffic and you bring her on the inside. It's a very simple thing and it literally goes such a long way. Like if I'm walking next to someone and it doesn't even have to be Jacob. Like if it's literally like any of my friends or family and I notice that they're like kind of making their way to the side and then they put me on the inside of this crosswalk, I'm like, I feel so appreciated. <laughs> it's like the little stuff like that and like mundane daily things that... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, tip guys, go to the shooting range and no, like get your aim no. on point. No, oh. no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, no okay. That's not what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, that's all I was talking about. But yeah, yeah, yeah the sidewalk one is Second a good Amendment one. rights. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, number six. <laughs> so number six is persevering and slash committed. This ties in with so there's all these things like let me see when you're given the mission to love it comes with duties and it is very easy to pull away like whoa i don't want to do a b c d i was just here for x y z but if if you're in it you're in it like and this goes to a relationship marriage a job anything you do if you're gonna do it you need to do it and you need to do it to your fullness um it's a restlessness to serve really it's just continuing to like we've said this a lot but continuing continuing to give yourself each day in and out um it's one thing to commit to something But it's another thing to persevere to even when things get hard, that you're still there and you're still doing all that you can do. Um, It's kind of just toughing it out when things get hard, Um, not giving up and working for the greater glory. Because you know that even though today might be a hard one, it's going to be all the more worth it once you get to that, that end. Yeah, um, I think, like, the biggest thing, too, with being committed to something is for men to be a man of their word and sticking to whatever it is that they are saying that they are going to do. Um, and I think, like, to add to that is having a plan and actually sticking to your plan. Um, and this can go for anything like that can go for like the smallest like day-to-day things of like this is what I'm gonna eat for lunch and I'm actually gonna follow through with that or like the biggest things ever and following through with those commitments too and how Nicole was saying as well of like um it being so so important that like whatever it is that you are committing to like giving it your very all your very all giving it your all um and like doing everything that you can to follow through with the thing that you are committing to. Um, And I love what Nicole said too, about like, even in like the worst moments of still um, like being strong through that and 
like still giving your all in those moments as well and trying to learn from what it is that like the rough moments may be and try to see like what you can take from that to make you a stronger man in turn yeah a good prayer that for anyone that I think I don't know where I heard it where I read it or if I was taught it but in moments of hardships and struggle a good thing is to pray and ask for Christ to show you what you're supposed to be learning in this moment not why are you doing this to me what did I do to deserve this but Lord, what are you trying to show me and how am I supposed to grow from that? When you look with that outlook in something, it completely alters it because instead of a condemning or a just resentful sense of why are you doing this to me? It's coming from a place of love and gratitude. It's like, thank you for this opportunity. What am I supposed to be learning? Help give me into a glimpse of what it is. Kind of how Jackie and I last week were talking about patience. We're like, thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to practice patience. <laughs> Anything to say? No. Okay. Last one, ladies and gentlemen. And this one is much like our last one for the femininity talk. Our last one is paternal. And... Men typically um, are just called to be the leader. They have that natural instinct in them to lead. And again, it can be diminished all throughout life if we do not give them an opportunity to lead, to take on that guiding role. But it is an inclination of men to do that. Um, and that's a great and beautiful thing. Um, it's that paternal instinct. It's just taking the reins and going with it. And if that is an, being initiative, if it's, um, what are words like that? Um, if it's being assertive in the best way possible, if it's taking that first step, that paternal instinct is something that can be the start can, and that kind of goes with, it goes with a lot of these different virtues that we've talked about, but that instinct when nurtured and when grown in the most proper way, it can be, I guess it's not beautiful because they're not women. It can be a very handsome, I guess. I don't know. I don't feel like handsome is the right word, but it can be a great thing. (laughs) For our men listening, you know that we are going to call out the ladies for a second, very briefly. Um, And for the ladies listening, this is for you. And knowing what it is that we can do as women to better help men live out their authentic masculinity. Um, Yeah. So. Okay. This is our first one. And it says that I think what a woman can do to help a man live out his authentic masculinity would to be would be to acknowledge and appreciate what he is doing. I am a words of affirmation guy, so I find this very motivating to myself. 
I think also it is great for women to understand and seek out qualities of an authentically masculine man. If she does not know what it looks like, pray that a true man can show her. Men, be the example. Lead the way, plan dates, open the door, grab your girl by the hand, and be proud to hold her hand and have initiative. Um, and with that as well, I think with the end of part two is for women to allow men to do these things um, in turn and for women to allow men to be the leaders and to do the things that are like planning a date or what you're going to do when you go out um, or pick dinner um, and allow men to open the door for you. Um, Jacob, do you have anything that before we move on to our next little input, is there anything that you see in society that women can help to do to encourage masculinity or even allow it to occur? Honestly, like how we said earlier, guys don't get enough credit. So maybe when we when ladies and you see that act of masculinity or how do you say the act of yeah, act yeah. of masculinity. Uh, give them a little pat on the back. I mean, even though we're not doing it for, um, what is it? The acknowledgement, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it go, it's small, but it'll go a long way guys. Um, for the guys, you know, a little, 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 little pat on the back. And the sisters actually, when they were giving us this talk, um, when we were going into our women's like small group afterward, they kind of talked about that. They were like, you have to like allow them to do it. But then right away praise them for it because it's kind of, I mean, from the teacher's perspective, um, the more you praise it, the more they're going to do it and they know that's what you want. And it's not praising like in a demeaning like, oh my gosh, good job. You're like, open the door. Like, no, like actually being genuine about it because they're like, oh, like I'm supposed to be doing this. So then they continue to do that. Because also too, like men in the real world don't, don't get that attention too. So it's kind of like. Like I said, it goes a long way because guys aren't aren't really the – they don't get – they're not – I don't know how to say it, but they're not – they don't get that attention, if that makes sense. Like the – praise? The praise for it. And guys, when it when it comes, guys will appreciate it. And, I mean, if you do it, like how, like how Nicole said, not in a demeaning way, but it'd be like, like, you know, good job. Like, thank you. Like, that'll go a long way. Okay, and then our last little tip around for our ladies. Um, it says, women can help men best by embracing their own femininity. That's a thing that modernism and feminism have messed up. People now want to blur the lines between male and female. Um, and that was a huge thing that we talked about last week as well with like, Men and women were created equal, but they were also created different. And allowing men to live out their authentic masculinity also needs desperately for women to live out their femininity and exactly what they were called to do and allow men to do what they were called to do and not try to overstep. And that goes both ways. Um, for men to not overstep and for women to not overstep. 
I think that's like the true balance of it is to fully be able to be a masculine man and to fully be a feminine woman. It has to be that balance because the other has to promote the other to be their thing, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, that's really good. Another little thing that the sisters told us is sometimes you have to ask the guys and like tell them like, because sometimes in in those ways, we don't know what's expected from the other person. It's like Sister Claire would always do that. Be like, I need some, I need someone to put the chairs away for us. And then the guys like, oh, 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 I can do the chairs. And then she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for putting the chairs away. It's opening or inviting the men to be men as well. Ooh, I really like that. <laughs> and honestly, like, in a relationship standpoint, um, to give, like, my two cents, I guess, um, is, like, asking, like, if you are in a relationship or even in friendship, too, like, asking your guy friends or guys can ask their, like, girlfriends um, of, like, what can I do to better help you live out, like, your own role as a man or woman? Um, and I know that, like, this is a conversation that I've had of, like, how can I help you better live out, like, your womanhood, um, as well as me asking, like, how I can help them live out their masculinity and, like, being able to best serve each other in turn. Yeah. Is there any other personal experience other? No? Okay. So, the last little thing just like we did last week, is we have some quotes that we're not going to really dive in. We're going to leave them there for your food for thought to kind of reflect on and let it simmer, simmer, affect your heart, soul, spirit. Stomach. Not your stomach. It's food for thought. (laughs) It's food for your brain. So it's going to nourish your brain. Yes stimulate your brain to think oh okay um our first quote and these are also all saints to look up to um honestly any saint to look up to is a great saint to look up to but um i picked these quotes especially um so this first quote comes from saint maximilian colby and he says let us remember that love lives through sacrifice and is nourished by giving. Without sacrifice, there is no love. Okay. Um, our second quote comes from Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. And he says, To live without faith, without a heritage to defend, without battling constantly for truth, is not to live but to get along. And we must never just get along. And then our last quote comes from St. John Paul II. And he says, God has assigned as a duty to every man the dignity of every woman. And then also just to touch on or like throw out there for the gentlemen is that there is a very beautiful Catholic Instagram um, that I follow and I love reading. And all of these quotes came from their Instagram and they are at the Catholic gentleman. Um, And they are an amazing Instagram to follow. 
and to read more about what it looks like to be a Catholic man in the modern world and how important it is to defend the truth that is a faith and protect the church and protect everything else and live out your virtues of being a masculine man authentically rooted in Christ. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Jackie, for finding those cool quotes for us to think and ponder on. But unfortunately, that means you guys know it, ladies and gents. We are done for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and just tuning in. We were very intimidated by this topic, but we hope it gave you guys a little bit more of an insight, even if it wasn't a great like a hundred percent scope which we knew we could never do um yeah if you guys would like to hear more from us go ahead and go over to our instagram at we're not even that funny and give us a follow so that you guys can be a part of any polls that we may post for future episodes or just to see what we're up to we like to post on there um and Jackie, where could they call us if they wanted to maybe share a not-so-funny, a funny, any story to answer maybe questions we have? Where, where would they be able to do that? Well, Nicole, thank you so much for asking. Our listeners can call us at 602-492-6032 with their funnies and their not-so-funnies. And maybe you guys have some advice for us to share with our listeners maybe if you guys call you can let us know (laughs) yes and that brings us to an end so we will see y'all next week boy bye see you later skaters oh